beautiful swirling, twirling clouds. The God that can cause the earth to have an elliptical orbit around the sun so we can get ready for the fall in just a matter of weeks. The God who can put beautiful Venus in the sky when you see it tonight come up over Red Rock Canyon. You are in His family. That's a big deal, isn't it? Hallelujah, that's a big deal. And I have to say, what an awesome song to end on because that's exactly what I'm speaking on today. This song summed it up uh, in just a worship manner, which is wonderful. I titled this sermon, Hopeless to Promise. And we're going to be looking this morning at Exodus 5. I picked out, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but you'll get the idea. Exodus 5, the Israelites are living in slavery. They're not in their homeland, they're in Egypt. They're slaves to the king of Egypt, the pharaoh of Egypt. They're spending their days working for him. You thought coming to church on September 18th and working for three hours was going to be a sacrifice in your day, like Vanette had mentioned, to come help upkeep the the church for a few hours. Can you imagine having to do it every single day of the week, upkeeping someone else's place, the kingdom for Pharaoh, and he has them making bricks, nonstop making bricks, And this is their life. And then he even gets to the point where he gets so uh, upset with them. He says, you know what? Go out and pull your own straw and keep making bricks. And I don't want you to even lose one quota on one brick in this land. You have to have the same amount and find your own straw to make it happen. They were living in absolute horrible conditions. Hallelujah. That's why we could find some time to upkeep God's house, amen, with a cheerful heart. When you look at what was going on with the Israelites, they were living in just massive slavery at this time. And I began to think, praise the Lord that God raises up salvation. God can raise up salvation and He can raise up a Savior. Praise the Lord, amen. And as the song said, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and look at our scripture this morning. Exodus 5. Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Let my people go, so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Who is the Lord that I should let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Now let us take a three-day journey into the desert to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God, or he may strike us with plagues or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said, Moses and Aaron, why have you taken the people away from their labor. Get back to your work. Then Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are now numerous, and you are stopping them from working. Continuing at verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. 
Can you believe this is Moses? Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they lived as aliens. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians have been enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites this, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. I'm going to add a little extra here. Moses turned around and reported that to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and their cruel bondage. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? Lord, thank you for this true rendition of hearing people's hearts, hearing their lack of faith, hearing their discouragement, hearing so many things that came against them, hearing their condition of slavery. And thank you, Lord, that you act. Thank you, Lord, that you can act and you will act. Hallelujah. Including in the lives of those sitting here and hearing this scripture today. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. What an incredible passage of scripture. And did you hear that? Discouragement. Discouragement. Being found in God's family and having discouragement. Has that been you at all this year? Tell me the truth. Have you been discouraged this year? Have you felt the weight of things coming against you or your family? Just like we heard. What's coming against some of our soldiers, as our sister has mentioned. What's coming against some of those that we love, as those in the ICU today in the hospital. So much coming against God's people, and that discouragement can settle in. As I told you last month, When the Rolex president told me about the job in L.A., I thought, you know what, I can do this. It's going to be a piece of cake. Have you ever gone into something and thought it's going to be a piece of cake? Have you ever started a project in your house and thought, it's going to be a piece of cake? And then something happens. (laughs) All hell breaks loose and it's not a piece of cake. And you thought, wait a minute, my expectation was this would be chill. This would be easy. I mean, Rolex sent me to Geneva in 2014. I was trained in Switzerland. I would have thought it would have been the easiest thing in the world to pick up a position in Los Angeles. And I began to write down some of these things that I had to deal with almost the moment I got there. Have you ever been in a moment where you felt like you get attacked on all angles? 
You know, we teach children north, south, east, west, never eat shredded wheat. We tell them all about the directions. And sometimes in life, you feel like you get hit on all angles. It's coming at me from this side, from that side, from everywhere you can imagine. Well, when I got to Los Angeles, I would have never guessed that I wouldn't be able to win over the hearts of my salespeople. I had half the team with me and half the team 100% working against me. Have you ever been around people like that? You know what happens to me when I'm around people like that? I get mad. Anybody here struggle with anger? You don't have to admit it if you don't want to. I can be that person in two seconds if I don't watch myself. If you've ever seen that little Pixar movie called... uh, I can't remember, but the little girl has all her different little personalities, and one is anger. And when he gets mad, he hits the button and the flames go off of his head. I almost felt like there was a moment like that. I had salespeople stealing things from the store. This is a Rolex boutique. Stealing things from the store. Salespeople in rebellion, complaining nonstop. I lost the confidence of my CEO. Rolex doesn't own their own boutiques. They look for partners. So every time you see a Rolex store, it's not Rolex Geneva. It's, it's a company that's running it, representing Rolex. So I lost the, uh, the confidence of the CEO. He started thinking, what's wrong? Can't Ryan do this job? Lawsuits were hitting left and right from the employees, from customers. Even the bad guys were suing us. I had one guy uh, using, I don't know how he pulled it off, but he had an implanted chip in a card. And it was a faulty chip. You know, everybody has these chips now. I've never seen that happen before. This guy had a a chip tied to a local dentist. He's not a dentist. He's just a crook. He sued us. And uh, what else happened? As you all know, the L.A. riots hit. I had, to, I had to get my staff out of both my stores, and then I'm watching on the television as the, uh, the, the local news stations are showing all of the, the, uh, the stores being attacked at my center, and I'm thinking, great, there goes my store. And sure enough, they put two bullet holes in my Century City store and then crashed the windows with the hammer in my Santa Monica store. Then on the way home, I'm driving home, and a 7.3 earthquake hits. And then once I get settled into the house, like a month later, another monster uh, earthquake hits. Then there were the fires. Then there were the floods. After the fires come the floods, of course. And I'm thinking, all hell is breaking loose. The pandemic hits. I have to close all my stores for 75 days, lay off uh, off 40% of my staff, who I chose very wisely on who I would lay off. (laughs) I have some names I think I'll put up there. So all angles, and I felt like I was stuck in the crosshairs. Have you been in that spot? Well, Moses was in that spot. He has to deal with God's expectations to go before Pharaoh. He doesn't want to talk to Pharaoh. And then he has to go before Pharaoh multiple times, and he's not even wanting to do this. And he had his own stubbornness. Come on, Lord, send someone else. Not really interested. And he was impatient. He probably thought it would be nice and easy. The Lord said, go get this done. It will be nice and easy. Expectation is there. And then the Israelites were stubborn, weren't they? They're so discouraged. They didn't want to listen to Moses. Moses had his disbelief, his doubt, his disobedience all came into play. He's stuck in the crosshairs. All angles. It's so awesome that Scripture is so vividly candid and honest about these things. But I'm telling you one thing. If the Lord told you to go do something, you might have the same idea Moses had. This will be easy. I bet you it'll be quick and there won't be hardly any drama. We wish. 
But that doesn't seem the way things work. That's how I felt about L.A. I can do this. I can pull this off. But you know what? I had a similar experience like Moses. God does something, though. He teaches us to always trust him no matter what. And that's not always easy. Am I right? That's not always easy. He teaches us to trust him, and he teaches us a very hard lesson. Patience. I'm not a patient person. I like to get things done, and I like it done quick. Is there anybody similar to me? I don't like to leave things for too long. I want it done, and I want it done quickly and well. And that's just me. And you know what? The Lord had a plan, and it took some time with what he did with Moses. But not only does the Lord teach us trust and patience, but he also teaches us character. All of these things come together when you trust the Lord, when you're patient on his working, to be a person of character. So I'll tell you today, in this year, 2021, many things might have come against you. Am I right? Many things might have come against you or the ones you love, but we are not hopeless. We are not left hopeless. As our song said today, we are a child of God. He might not act in the manner we want him to act. He might not tell us to do what we uh, want to do. He might make us wait. He might make us trust him more and everything else, but we have a living promise. Hallelujah. We have a living promise. It's so funny too, when uh, the morning came that the CEO was uh, ready to lay me off and I saw the HR guy in that office, I was prepared for that moment because I thought, I already know it's coming. He's not having a good time. I'm not having a good time. This is a, this is a let's both call it quits moment. But you know what? It took my mind to a spot where I thought, the moment he says those words, I just want to stand up and sing. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Why? Because I'm found in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I could lose all the things of the world, but if I have Christ Jesus, I have it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to mention this morning, our first point this morning, I had a fun time working on this sermon last night too. I really did. And there's so many times that I work on a message and I think, man, I am so glad to have this in my life as well because there's so much I need to rely on more on the Lord. Hallelujah. He's big enough, amen? You can rely on the Lord. He's big enough. But the first point is this. You are not designated for slavery. You're designated for freedom. Isn't that what we sang? You are not designated for slavery. You are designated for freedom. I brought some scriptures that I wanted to read to you. Romans 6, 7. If we have been united with him, like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin so you count yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ Jesus 
But what I took out of that passage of Scripture was those that have died to that sinful nature have been freed. I love the fact that we have freedom in Christ Jesus. John 8.36 says this, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Wow, that puts it right out there. That slavery, modern day slavery, listed right here. I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 5.1 It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I underlined the word yoke. A yoke is something that literally goes over the neck to weigh you down and capture you. Have you felt the yoke this year? Have you felt the yoke of slavery on issues in your life, things you've tried to kick out, things you don't need to be a part of, things that God has been calling you into areas and lands of freedom instead of slavery? Hallelujah. That yoke is something that can go over your neck if you're not careful. And we'll look into some of these things. What could these things be? But you might feel that yoke sometimes and think, you know what? God wants different for me. Do you believe that? God wants different for me. He wants freedom. And sometimes that yoke, if you're not careful, can get heavier and heavier and heavier. Now, when I wrote on there, you are not designated for slavery, but designated for freedom, I like that word designate because designate has some very powerful meanings. Designate means to appoint, to select, to choose, to pick, to elect, to identify, to assign, to ordain, or to set aside for a specific purpose or position. This is an interesting thing. You have to remember that in Christ Jesus, you are designated for a specific purpose. Hallelujah. And that purpose includes freedom. Amen? There's a room in Geneva that Rolex has, and it's the gem room. For me, that would be like those kids walking in and when the door opens to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Remember the face on those kids when Gene Wilder takes them into that, that next room and they just can't believe what they're seeing? I was trained in gemology, and then here Rolex opens up that door to the gem room. (laughs) Literally, what would I say? Little mounds of emeralds, sapphires, rubies, sapphires of every color. Yellow, green, blue, purples, oranges, lilacs. Diamonds like you couldn't imagine. Parcels of diamonds. I think in a parcel it includes about 2,000 stones and some of the small diamonds that they set for the hour markers. But the reason I wanted to mention this is they can't just pick any diamond. You can't select any particular stone to be used in a Rolex creation. It has to be specifically set aside and selected appointed, identified. So what do they do? They call in the gemologist. They're looking for four things. Have you ever heard of the four C's? I wrote them down. Cut, clarity, color, and I forgot the last one. Carrot weight. Cut, clarity, color, and carrot weight. Cut, 
that stone has to be so perfectly proportioned that it does what it's supposed to do. Fire and brilliance. Light goes in and needs to come right back to your eye. Clarity. Rolex will only allow internally flawless stones to be used in their creations. In a parcel of 2,000 stones, can you imagine, all of a sudden, the selective uh, process gets smaller and smaller on what can be used. Color has to be colorless. Lack of color, no color. Carrot weight, whatever you want. But out of that sorting, when the sorting begins, can you imagine how many stones they could actually find that have ideal cut, colorless, on the color, internally flawless on the clarity. You know how many stones they might find out of that parcel of about 2,000 stones? You'd be lucky if you could find four that would meet that quality. Isn't that amazing? So when we talk about being designated for something, set aside for something, that's you. How many people on earth Eight plus billion people on earth and you are designated, literally set aside for the purposes of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. You know what that means? You're the D color, internally flawless stone of God's kingdom. Isn't that something? Absolutely something. The best is selected for the best purpose. And that's what we're called to be, free in Christ Jesus. Second Peter 1.10 says this, Be eager to make your calling. And election sure, you will never fall. And you will receive a welcome into Christ's eternal kingdom. That said that we are called and then welcomed. Isn't that something that happens when someone calls you to have you over? <laughs> you're called and then you show up and you're welcomed. Hallelujah. Our second point this morning is this. The Lord still calls. The Lord still calls and says, let my people go. Let my people go. And I'm so glad He does that because there's so many things He can identify for freedom for His people. And I wrote this down and I thought this is such a cool line that I want to remember. Breathe the fresh air of freedom, my friends. You remember a couple weeks ago, the air was disgusting, was it not? The air was gross and you couldn't even breathe the fresh air of freedom. You were trapped inside your houses because they were saying it was so terrible to even breathe. But in Christ Jesus, He calls, let my people go, and we can go out and breathe the fresh air, the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. You have a big God that saves, amen? And He calls all the time. Small problems require small solutions. That's what happened with my garbage disposal this last week. All of a sudden, I hit that little lever, to the little electrical switch to get all my daughter's pasta down that garbage disposal. And you know what happened? It started smoking and made a weird noise. It was broken. And I started thinking, oh, great. That's going to be like a $200 little machine. It's probably going to cost like at least $99 for an install. We're looking at like a three, four, oh, man. And I started thinking, I can't do this. I'm not talented to change out a garbage disposal. I think I've seen it done, but I'm not positive. Before you knew it, I had it all built up that I was just going to have to blow the money. I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, sometimes the right attitude can change everything and the wrong attitude can destroy everything. Do you realize that? So all of a sudden, I told myself, Ryan, tell yourself you can do it. 
Tell yourself you can do it. So you know what I did? I went on YouTube. And I pulled up switching out an insincorator, one-third horsepower, blah, 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 blah. And I watched this dude do it in three minutes. And I told myself, I can do this. I can do this. And I went on Lowe's, I went on Home Depot, and I saw the thing's only like 110 bucks. I'm pretty sure I can make this happen. So I went. I finally found the, the, the product after like three stores that I searched for. I went home. I had that puppy running in less than an hour and a half. And I saved money, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. But my mind told me it was. Isn't that something? But my attitude was all wrong. We can do that sometimes, can't we? Big problems require a big capable God, and that's what we have. Hallelujah. Big power, it's what he has. And big results, it's what he can do. But we can be a slave to so much. I wrote some down here. See if any of these you can identify with. We can be a slave to disbelief. We can be a slave to fear. We can be a slave to addiction. We can be a slave to being unequally yoked or hanging out with the wrong people, the wrong relationships. We can be a slave to depression. We can be a slave to laziness. We can be a slave to worldliness. We can be a slave to lust. We can be a slave to selfishness. If you identify with any of these things, then you might have to stop and ask yourself, am I living in Egypt today? Am I living in Egypt right now in my life? Is Pharaoh my king? And is he calling for me, make more bricks? Make more bricks of disbelief. Make more bricks of fear. Make more bricks of depression. Keep them coming. But that's not what we're designed for, amen? The Lord calls, let my people go. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says in your situation. Let my people go. Hallelujah. Luke 5.31 It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Hallelujah. That's me. Jude 1.1 begins his letter this way. To those who have been called... Have you received the call? That's a cool thing. One of the funniest days in the Century City Mall. I was with my uh, assistant manager. I hope I didn't tell you this already. It was so funny. I was, uh, I was with my assistant manager and we left the store for a moment. We went to Coffee Bean. And you know sometimes when your phone rings and people just instinctively look down at your phone. So my phone rings and it, sa- <laughs> it says on there, Steve Wynn. <laughs> and my assistant manager looks at me and says, is he calling you? I said, well, I worked there for six years. <laughs> of course he is. But I thought it was so funny because his face, but someone even bigger than that is calling us. Amen? You can look at your phone and you might see one day the Lord. Didn't George Burns do that to, uh, I think the Lord, uh, George Burns did that to John Denver in that movie, uh, Oh God, Book Two or something like that, or Oh God. Uh, he gets a call from the Lord. And I got to tell you, the Lord is still calling, amen? He's still calling, he's knocking, and he's saying, let my people go, you belong to me. Hallelujah. 
I think that's what Mr. Wynn thought too. He thought I could still help him with all his watch stuff even though I was no longer in Vegas. And I thought I'm always happy to help. And I got to tell you, when it comes to what the Lord wants to do in our life, Lord, let it be so. I'm happy to help. I don't want to fight you like Moses did. I don't want to be in disbelief like the Israelites were. Uh, I want to be like a, a, a pottery that can be molded the way he wants to. Amen. So he says, Jude says, to those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Christ Jesus. Loved and kept and called. I love these words. My grandma Marie used to call me so much when she was alive and I first moved to Las Vegas. I was deciding on whether I was going to go to school in uh, Las Vegas or San Francisco. And she said, you know what? I don't know which is the greater of the two evils. <laughs> but she would always call, always write. And everybody in our family, we have two things. The fear of the Lord and the fear of Grandma Marie. We never wanted to disappoint Grandma Marie. But boy, she'll call and ask questions. Are you going to church? Are you serving the Lord? Have you found a good pastor? Are you dating a, an awesome Christian person? Has to be an active Christian person. Grandma Marie would just let you have it. But I got to tell you, the caller never stops calling. That is what the Lord does. That is what the Lord does. Uh, our third point this morning is this. Complaining does not solve anything. Faith does. Complaining does not solve anything. Faith does. One minister that I uh, used to follow, I used to listen to his sermons, he says, some Christians are so good at complaining that they think it's a spiritual gift. They think it's a fruit of the Spirit. But it's not in the Bible. <laughs> complaining about someone, anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, but are you good at doing this? Complaining about someone never allows forgiveness and its powerful work to do what it's meant to do and heal relationships. And I wrote down here, and this was to myself, be less critical. If I'm not careful, my mouth can destroy people with what it wants to say. You don't have to agree with me. You can agree silently if you understand. But I can be very mean with my mouth if I'm not careful. And I always remember, and I teach my children as well, consider the rudder on a ship. It's such a small part of a ship, but it can totally steer that boat in all the wrong directions if you allow it to. Or like Scripture says, consider a little spark that can put a whole forest on fire. This is the evil of the tongue. So if there's something to be uh, learned this morning, one thing is to be less critical. And also complaining about your situation like the Israelites did does not allow God's new life, His new work, His new creation to take root. We have to remember to speak life. I can change out that garbage disposal. I can be a person who's less critical. I can stop complaining about my situation. Philippians 2.14 says this, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, and get this, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe. I thought that was fascinating because the crooked and depraved generation are the ones that will complain. He says, do everything without complaining and stand out like a sparkling star in the sky. <laughs> 
What a great moment to remember. There's a pro golfer. I heard a quote she said. She said one of the most important lessons she ever learned was to conquer herself. She said, I realized very early that I could be my best friend or my worst friend, all depending on my words in my life. Faith moves mountains. Do you agree? Faith moves mountains, but you have to want those mountains to move. Hallelujah. You have to want those mountains to move out of your life. Those mountains sometimes can become familiar. I look at Sunrise Mountain. I look at Red Rock. I start to memorize the contour. I know these mountains. I know them. Like the back of my hand. But sometimes the mountains need to be removed out of our life and they become too familiar. We know them. They, as annoying as they can be in our life, sometimes they become comforting. But you know what? I remember my, uh, something my professor said in college. He said, never settle for mediocrity. Never settle for mediocrity. And I put that on my resume, my professional resume. Never settle for mediocrity. That means that if mountains need to be moved out of my life, so be it. Hallelujah. Reject complaining. I'm not sure if Moses rejected it or he like specialized in it sometimes. You know, you kind of get a, a little bit of both. But Isaiah 7, 9 says this, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. You've got to love when Scripture is so to the point. Our next point is this, do not make Pharaoh's mistake. Do not make Pharaoh's mistake. His biggest mistake was this, he did not want to honor nor obey the Lord. And you know what happened to him? It affected his whole life. It destroyed his life. And it had a very heavy cost. He lost his very own son by this. Who's the Lord that I should honor or obey him? I will not. That's a heavy cost to pay for such a mistake that could be so easily avoided. Simple obedience. And sometimes that's one of the hardest things for us to do, right? <laughs> simple obedience if you obey the lord you love the lord if you love the lord you obey the lord we must love god more than our disobedience and our favorite sins i'm going to say that again we must love the lord more than our disobedience and our favorite sins once you get that you honor him and he's worthy hallelujah my son, when he was like three or four years old, was so stubborn. If I wanted to get him to do anything, I had to say the opposite. Don't you dare eat that carrot. Don't eat it. Don't eat that carrot. And you know what he would do? Oh, I'm going to eat it. Little, like a little mule. Put some broccoli in front of him. Don't do it. Don't eat that broccoli. That's how we got it done. Can you imagine that? Don't be a rai-rai. Don't let it get to that point. It's a good call just to remember we are going to honor and obey the Lord from the beginning. Amen? You don't need Him to tell you, don't obey me. Don't you do it. And then, <laughs> you know, in that rebellious nature thing, oh. We must love God so much that truly we honor and obey Him. Because who else redeems? And what is redeems? Buys back. What did our song say? Redeeming is buying back, repurchasing, rescuing with a ransom. Who's the one that redeems? It's Him. Who's the one that declares? Declares what? Us forgiven. East from the west. As far as the east is from the west, your sins will be remembered no more as white as the snow. Though they be like scarlet. 
declared forgiven. Who else accepts? Not just accepts, but says we're an heir, a son and daughter, an heir to the kingdom of God. Who else promises? I'm going to make all things new. He who began a work in me will see it to completion. What a promise. And who else causes? Causes what? New life. All things new. Hallelujah. Paul gives us a success guide map, and it's found in Philippians 4.11. I just kept finding so many awesome scriptures, I couldn't stop myself. Paul gives us that guide map in Philippians 4.11. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty, and I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, well well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. That's why I can go live and work in Los Angeles and serve the Lord, or get fired and come back to Vegas and serve the Lord and still have the victory of Christ Jesus in my life. I've learned to be content, amen, because I know something. I know that in 2,000 years, it won't matter where I worked or how many millions I made as CEO. The only thing that will matter is that I'm found in Christ Jesus in eternity in victory. Hallelujah. Lastly, I want to mention this morning is this. Our last point is this. I happen to know that you're on someone's mind. Amen? You are on someone's mind. Psalm 8.3 says this, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which have been set in place... What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You are on his mind. You are cared for. Hallelujah. Don't let anything come against that truth. You are on his mind. You are cared. Don't you love to be cared for? My wife, she finds the cutest way to just send messages of love. She'll put little, something a little special in my lunch. She makes me a lunch. Uh, I'm working with Pastor David uh, at his uh, church Monday through Friday. And she'll put like a little extra. She knows I love these little Italian chocolate wafers. She'll throw some in there. More than I need. And, <laughs> and uh, she'll do that. Or she'll put a little note on my car. Have a good trip. Have a safe drive. We miss you already. The little things. Isn't it so good to be cared for? Can you imagine the messages that the Lord has already sent to you in your life? Praise God. Small things, little things, all these things matter. Matthew 6.31 says this, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things that will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. The Father knows. Isn't that awesome? The Father knows what you need. You are on someone's mind. Praise God. And it's someone important. You're not on just anybody's mind. You're on the very mind of God. That means something special. You are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. You are never abandoned. You are never alone. You are never isolated. You are never lonely. You are never deserted. You are never unwanted. You are never unaided. You are never unattended in this tough life. You are on His mind. Your heavenly Father knows. You're cared for by the Creator. 
That's a special position. Can you imagine? What a special position. You're covered. Psalm 91, I pulled it up this morning. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and whom I trust. So this morning as we conclude, I just wanted to share just a mini story with you. When my parents split up when I was 17, divorced a little bit after that, I thought my life was over. Have you ever been through a situation like that? When my parents split up, I thought my life was over. I'd gotten so used to just trusting and my parents for everything. And now all of a sudden, they just were destroyed, their marriage. Satan began to start some things in me. Distrust. Don't trust people, Ryan. If your own parents can let you down like this, you can't trust anybody. If you can't trust your parents, you can't trust anybody. Fear. Don't let people get in to your heart. Shut people out. Don't let people get close. Don't open up yourself to them. Be in a mode of safety. Always be in safety. Don't be vulnerable. Don't put yourself in a position. Can you see what the devil does? Terrible. But I have to tell you one thing. I was on someone's mind. I was on someone's mind in such a major way that the Lord had already planned what the devil meant for destruction in my life, the Lord would use for his, not Destruction, but production. You know, there's so many producers in Hollywood that produce so many things. And the word producer is interesting because it's someone that makes or creates. The producer of the universe is the Lord. And He makes and creates things that can never be matched. Hallelujah. So what the devil meant for destruction in my life, the, you, the Lord used for production and something in me. And it was the production of Christ-likeness. Hallelujah. I had to reject the things of the devil. I had to reject and forgive my parents. Uh, reject the things of the devil and forgive my parents for that moment. And all the bad habits that wanted to come into me. Christ-likeness was what I needed to be. So what the devil meant for slavery, the yoke began to hit my neck and weigh me down and not allow me to be close to people. God created a pathway of freedom. Isn't that what he does? A pathway. And that way has a name. And the way is Jesus. The way is Jesus. So you can trust Him. He knows best. You can honor and thank Him in every situation. Try doing it next time when you're in a situation you're not enjoying. And say, you know what? I thank you, Lord. I thank you because I can trust in you and I know you're going to be there for me. I'm never unattended, unaided without you. I'm always with you. And you can always know that you are His, His people, called His people, never abandoned. You're the elect. Isn't that awesome? And you can watch Him work. This year, no matter what you've gone through in 2021, this year can still be an amazing work of the Lord, and it will be. And you know why I know that? Because Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom to the captives, release from the darkness from the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Lord, we just proclaim right now in the name of Jesus the year 
of the Lord's favor over the remaining months of this year. Whatever the devil has meant for destruction and slavery and bondage and that yoke on our neck, Lord God, we proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Hallelujah. Freedom for the prisoners. Amen. We know that we're on your mind. We will not make the mistake of Pharaoh, Lord. We will honor and obey you and not make his mistake, Lord God. We will not complain because we know it solves nothing that only faith in you is all the solution that we need. And Lord, we know that you still call. Let my people go. And Lord, we want that freedom. We want to reach out and grab, taste, touch, and have that freedom in our life. Amen. We will taste that the Lord is good and know that it is true. Lord, we declare today that we are not designated for slavery, but we are designated for freedom in Christ Jesus. Lord, if we haven't believed and lived in this this day, forgive us, Lord God. We repent because we are big shots in the kingdom of you, Lord. And we just have to remember who we are. Hallelujah. Sons and daughters of the living God. Father, truly make Christ-likeness in every man and woman and child in this room today. Build up that Christ-likeness in us today, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.